Thanks again for joining me for another edition of March 4th with Mike Bauman. I, of course, am your host, Mike Bauman. Whoever you are, wherever you are listening from, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. If you're a returning listener, I greatly appreciate your continued love and support. And if you're a brand new listener of the show, man, thank you so much for hopping aboard that pirate ship. You can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod, on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. The host site is March4th.podbean.com. The link tree with all my stuff is in the podcast description for this episode. Y'all made it here, so you found me somehow. And I truly appreciate each and every one of you checking out another edition of the March 4th with Mike Bauman podcast. Everybody, I just want to say happy Halloween to all of you at the time that you listen to this. It's actually going to be the day after Halloween, but I hope that everybody had a safe and happy trick-or-treating, or if you're an adult now and you don't do that anymore, you shouldn't be doing that anymore if you're grown. Hopefully you guys had some fun parties, some costume parties, maybe you got a chance to go to some haunted houses. I, unfortunately, this year didn't do anything for Halloween because, as some of you may be able to tell... Uh, I'm under the weather. I've been sick now for about two weeks. I don't have COVID, thankfully, but I haven't had an opportunity. Uh, my employer offers flu shots three th- free through our work. Say that three times fast. So I can get my flu shot for free, which is great. But I've been sick for almost two weeks now, ever since my, my parents. I had one set of parents who came down to Nashville and visited. And it was great. I love you guys. And right after they left, man, within a couple of days, I was I was sick. We were running around and doing some stuff. So on one end, I feel like my voice sounds cooler. I've got a little bit more of like a smooth, jazzy kind of, you know, late night, smooth jazz radio voice. But <clears throat> it still hasn't really totally gone away, which is partly my fault because I definitely need to get more sleep. But I have a hamster and a wheel brain that is hard to shut down at night. <laughs> so I've just been... Trying to get back on the mend, I was able to exercise a few days this week and stay hydrated. So little PSA, just take care of yourselves. We're getting into cold and flu season and COVID ain't going anywhere. So I'm not going to tell you all what to do with your bodies as far as shots. Don't get a shot. Do get a shot. I'm not a healthcare professional in terms of the clinical sense, even though I work in the healthcare field for my day job. I'm not a clinician. So this isn't a COVID podcast or a tell you what to do podcast. I'm just going to say take care of yourselves, take care of your body, try to get the right amount of rest, at least seven hours a night, try to drink two liters of water a day, and get some type of exercise, man. Even getting outside, taking a walk, being in nature, it's good for your mental. So so yeah, excuse me if I sound a little sick or I sound a little lethargic, a little eory. It's just because I've been dealing with this sinus infection and this cold for almost two weeks. So I'm trying to shake it so I can get healthy and go home for the holidays, man. And it's crazy that Thanksgiving and Christmas are right around the corner. So again, man, I just hope that everybody's doing well. Halloween is is one of my favorite holidays of the year. I'm a big horror movie fan. And in fact, the last episode that I just had of the podcast was with Steven Aripes and Dylan Baumgartner. Make sure you check that one out if you're a horror movie fan or just you're into horror in general. Those guys are great up-and-coming independent directors, um, among other titles that they hold as far as production, and in Dylan's case, being a musician, his band Slingshot. It's all cool. Go check them out. All those links you can find wherever you find me. Um, But yeah, man, I hope that everybody had a safe and fun Halloween weekend. And really, I'm just excited to close out this year on a positive note. It's crazy that it's already November at the time this will be coming out, and that we're in the last two months of the year. So I hope that 2022 
was a positive year for you all. I know for me on a personal level, it was exponentially better than my 2021 was. And, um, you know, tried to focus on just personal growth, mentally, physically, spiritually growing this podcast, um, which I'm getting there, building up my confidence to start knocking on more doors and trying to get my name out there more. But the organic growth that's happened, uh, the the relationships that I've been able to de- develop with, with people out there, um, it's been cool, man. And it's it's really cool to be able to connect with other creatives and other people who are persevering and moving forward in their lives. And actually, that is a good segue into this week's guest and this week's episode this is a guy who is a return guest on the show, so it's always nice when people want to come back. He is none other than Robbie Litchfield of Hell Here Studios, and he plays guitar in Saving Vice as well. And this dude is just a producer, guitar player, musician extraordinaire, and above all of that, he's just a kind, down-to-earth, uh, really intelligent human being. I love talking to this dude. Um, we had a great conversation Earlier this year when he came on the podcast, right at the beginning of the year, I want to say it was January when he and I talked. I don't remember if that episode dropped in February or January, but needless to say, we we connected in January. I've also had Tyler of Saving Vice on the podcast, and I have a ton of respect for these guys. If you guys aren't aware, and I know there's going to be a lot of you listening who are aware if you're Saving Vice fans, but Saving Vice is a metalcore band out of Vermont. I don't know what's in the water up there in the Northeast, man, but they just pump out metalcore bands over the years. And these guys are really waving that flag for this, I guess you could say, this this wave of metalcore right now. Um, I genuinely am a fan of this band. I'm a fan of the atmosphere that they create. I'm a fan of the Easter eggs that Tyler uh, and the guys put in their, their lyrics with callbacks to, to other works that they've done for their fans. They really to me are the embodiment of what it means to 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 hustle in terms of being an independent band and developing the kind of fan base that they have developed it's crazy you know if you go to you know I'm I'm a user of Spotify if you go to Spotify and you look at their listeners you look at their streams it's pretty pretty remarkable for a band that's out there really doing a lot of this on their own i mean obviously they have a a team you know the saving vice team that they work with but these guys don't have major label support or anything like that, and they make killer music. They put on great live shows. I have not had a chance to see them live yet, but I've seen clips from their live shows, and that connection that they have with their fan base is really incredible. And and like I said, I mean it when I say that I'm a fan of this band, and I really think that they are waving that flag loud and proud for metalcore. Um, and it's it's weird how in, how in uh, heavy music sometimes certain genres become like like for a while, people hated on new metal, and then I feel like sometimes people hate on metalcore, and it's just crazy to me. We all need to, you know, be be more united. I, I get tired of the elitism and uh, and heavy metal as a, as a metal fan and a headbanger, you know, a life lifelong headbanger man. Uh, but I, you know, suffice to say that I love these dudes, and it was great to have Robbie come back on. Uh, as a little preface before I get into the actual conversation and shut my big yapper. Um, the day that Robbie and I talked, which was in the beginning of October, there was actually a little bit of drama that was going on surrounding them getting ready to go on their tour for their latest release, which is Dichotomy. Their EP Dichotomy just came out on October 7th. It's got Culling Kindness and I Dysmorphia on there, both killer tracks. I Dysmorphia's already got over 30,000, or excuse me, 33,000 streams on Spotify. 
And as you guys hear this episode, they are on tour right now supporting it. And I believe this week they're going to be in Florida. So if you're in the Florida uh, area listening to this, definitely go see these guys live as they tour for support of their latest release, Dichotomy. But unfortunately, when we talked, um, the day that we talked, there was some some drama that was going on relating to, to booking and stuff. And if you guys are familiar with with my show, you know that I, I you know, we, we walk through the darkness to get to the light, you know, in terms of persevering, moving forward. Um, we all have to go through struggles to get to that positive place. But I'm not like a gotcha interview. I don't ask incendiary questions. Um, this isn't a headline podcast. Uh, I don't I don't hop on that wave of that negativity trend, you know, where negative headlines and clicks and stuff, you know, if this show is going to continue to grow, it's going to continue to grow in the right way, in a positive way. So I actually hit up Robbie that day when I saw that news come out and some of the stuff that they were dealing with, which, excuse me, we talk about. But I just let him know, hey, man, if you want to get into the, some of this stuff on the show, we can. If you don't, I'm totally cool with that, too. And we can talk about dichotomy coming out and your guys's tour that's that's coming out the merch and everything that you guys are doing with it they have some sick merch that they put out they always have really cool unique merch um and he was cool he you know i think uh as you guys will hear i think it was cathartic for him to talk about that a little bit and we don't stay on it too long so again just a little preface out there for the saving advice fans that are listening to this and i'm sure there's going to be a number of you um we get into that a little bit but this conversation is just more about robbie and i talking about music talking about metalcore, talking about saving vice, their hustle, their grind 2022 and the dichotomy release and what's what's coming up. So I, I had a lot of fun having him back on this podcast. He knows he's welcome back anytime. I love the work that he's done with the guys in In Shallows. If you haven't checked out their EP, it, it, it rules. Also out of the Northeast, also another great metalcore band, I digress. But it's just... I've, I've got a lot of respect for this dude. It's a long way of saying uh, I've got a lot of respect for this dude. And it's really cool that I'm getting to a place with the show where I'm able to connect with other, you know, like-minded, you know, creatives like Robbie that I can learn from and that a lot of you can learn from in a positive way. So without further ado, I'm going to shut my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with Robbie Litchfield of Saving Vice and Hell Here Studios. Here it is. <laughs> Robbie, thank you again, man, so much, genuinely, for coming back on the podcast. I think I DM'd you when I was going to the Memphis Mayfire show here in Nashville because I was literally walking up the street and I heard Saving Vice playing, and I'm like, that is so sick. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I DM'd you a few a couple months ago, and then you know we we've stayed in touch. Like you you were on the show and and uh, earlier this year, like I think it was right at the beginning of the year in January. And it's cool to meet cool people like you, man. So I was happy to hear that you wanted to come back on, especially with Dichotomy getting ready to come out. And um, we'll be pretty close to that November 1st when this episode drops, right? So thank you so much, dude. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. I, I loved the last interview we did together. And um, when I saw you DM me, I'm like, yo, we should do another podcast interview. A lot has happened since then. Obviously, we're going to try to tackle in this podcast episode, but uh yeah, no, it was um, it was a pleasure last time. Likewise, man, and that again, that truly means a lot because I, I love doing this. I always have my notes. You know what I'm saying? I don't script out yeah. questions, but I always oh, do dude, same here. I, <laughs> I, I know the people listening can't see it, but I got my 
notebook here with all my chicken scratch. Yeah, man. So let's just start off with dichotomy because I, I listened to Culling Kindness. It just came out on September 2nd. So by the time people hear this, hopefully it's it's closing in on 100,000 streams because right now it's got 26,000 on Spotify. But dude, that was the first thing that came to mind. I'm like, not only is this going to go over amazingly live, but I like to call those kind of riffs chug therapy. Like I just, I just like, I loved it, man. Like, and, and I feel like there are some parallels, which we touched on before we actually hit record to the binary EP, which I thought did really well for you guys. Same things uh, as far as, um, you know, not musically, I'm going to say the same song, but just in terms of that, hey, we're, we're coming out with two songs. We're going to hit you right on the chin. So talk to me a little bit just behind like dichotomy and just the theme of this and the merch, everything you guys are doing. I feel like I, I always ask a hundred questions in one, but I'm super excited for it. No, you're good, man. Um, yeah, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, I could give you the PR version of the story, but I'd rather give you the, you know, the people that are listening, the honest truth with everything. Yeah. So, you know, when the pandemic hit, uh, it was definitely really tough for us because we just dropped hello there which was our debut album and it couldn't have been worse timing in that sense because we weren't able to tour on it properly um you know there was like here and there shows we were playing and stuff um and it was just kind of a nightmare and to anyone listening to this that's in a band you know that you know the number one source of income for any band is going to be from touring like playing shows selling merch etc so having our funds dried up like that all of a sudden was pretty brutal so we kind of went to just sort of releasing B-side material. I kind of explored the career of being a producer. Um, you mentioned Binary P. That was kind of like our first ever, like my first ever like self-produced, I guess, A-side material that we put out um, back in fall of 2020. So literally, yeah, like two years ago, actually, now I think about it, um, which is crazy to think about. It feels like yesterday. Yeah. Um, and so we've been kind of dropping big singles ever since uh starting with you know phantom pain we had dying to watch and white rabbit earlier this year um excellent songs um and in 2021 we uh got an opportunity to work with justin deblique um formerly from ice nine kills and uh he's out in um syracuse area in new york and we got an opportunity to work with him and we're like you know we get compared to ice nine kills a lot um i honestly don't really see it like i don't really get it but a lot of people maybe it's like the horror grungy side of what we do um people just compare us all the time to ice nine so we're like yeah you know what let's work with the mastermind mastermind behind it uh one of the masterminds in jd so uh we we booked a few days to work with him we brought him two songs uh, one being Idis Morphia, one being Colin Kindness, which will both have been released by the time this airs. Um, and uh, no, we had a great experience working with him. Um, we had Steve Sopchak uh, master the EP. And Steve, if I'm not mistaken, mixed and mastered Motionless's new record. And I'm pretty sure he did for Ice Nine Kills too. I could be wrong on that. I apologize if that's the case, but both were a pleasure to work with. Um, and it was really cool for me as a producer to kind of like work with someone like JD that was so deep into the industry. And like, it, it was just very, um, I'm trying to think of the right word, but like inspirational, I guess, influential. Uh, I learned a lot through it and it was a great experience. And we took these two songs and we were like, you know what? Uh, originally we were going to put them 
as part of our album cycle with, you know, the Dinah Watch, White Rabbit, Phantom Pain. Uh, but we decided like, you know, these mixes are so sonically different that we truly need to treat this like its own release. And we were kind of just scratching our heads and we said, you know what? Binary did such a good job when we drop that. Let's do another EP. And uh, we came up with the name Dichotomy because of how different these songs are. Um, and have you so have you heard Dysmorphia yet? Have we sent that over to you or no? I have not heard Dysmorphia, no. Wow. Okay. That should have happened before this interview. I apologize. It's all good. No, it's cool. Oh, man. You could have hit me up, bro. I would have sent it to you. (laughs) No, it's all good. But but it's all right. When this this episode airs, people will know. Uh, So Dysmorphia is a lot lighter. You know, it's got the hip-hop elements in the mainstream sound. Uh, Hopefully by now we will have had a lot of radio play and all of that stuff and uh yeah so this whole ep was kind of like a cool two song little i guess hors d'oeuvre intermission type thing for actual album cycle i guess that's the best way to put it so no this wasn't like a super mastermind plan thing this was like a hey this these are the pieces we have and let's just figure out how to sell this and like make it work you know and i think that's a lot of what being abandoned 22 is nowadays just because like but man, the whole industry has changed so much and it's still changing like crazy. And we can talk about this and go way deeper. But um, yeah, I guess that's a little bit of the context behind Dichotomy. I, I hope they answered your question. You did. You did. I asked like 100 questions in, in, in one. I listened back on these and I go, OK, I got to stop saying like so much. I can't get rid of, I can't get rid of my you knows because that's just the Midwest in me. That's just a, a root kind of word. Well, I do the same thing. And um I'm I'm learning to get more concise in my questions because there's been a couple of times where I've interviewed people and they I could tell they just got lost in it because I was just geeking out like Chris Farley like do you remember when you did you know <laughs> yeah uh, no right. you answered it you answered it so it sounds like this is going to be uh, to extrapolate that this is going to be a good appetizer for what's to come for for Saving Vice coming up in 23 am I am I reading the tea leaves on that correctly as far as being part of a breadth of more material or if you, or if it comes out to like a full length or another EP would these not be on there or haven't you gotten that far? Jim? No, that's, that's a great question. I know it's very confusing and it's confusing for us too. Um, so as of right now, uh, just so much is up in the air and a lot of it comes down to budget, man. I'm not going to lie to you. Like yeah, finances kind of dictate a lot of our decisions being an independent artist that's not able to tour. And we'll talk about the touring stuff here in a minute. Um, You know, that hasn't been able to tour like in this year with the born dead tour earlier this year, falling apart. Like there's a lot of missed opportunities for budget. Like we try to present ourselves like a big professional band, but it's like, we don't have a record label. We don't have daddy's money. Like that money has to come from somewhere. Right. And we've maxed out all of our credit cards, all the stuff to make what's happened happen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we DIY a lot. Like I self-produce our material now. Like we are a penny pinching band. And uh, I like to say a role model for a lot of younger independent bands out there, you know, in, in this scene. So, you know, it's been really hard for us to like, you know, like our whole album could have been done by now if, if the budget was there, you know? So we realized like dropping a side material bombs, right? Like actual album cycle material, um, you know, sprinkled throughout the year, starting with Phantom Pain was kind of the way to do it. You know what I mean? Kind of like following reverse. You see a lot of bigger bands doing that now. We'll drop big songs every now and then just to stay relevant, 
to tour off of whatever. Um, the era of cycles is, uh, uh, excuse me, the era of albums is coming to a close. And I honestly believe that, um, at least the way we see it now. Now, as far as uh, the CP, like I said, we worked with JD on this project. The mix and the sonics were so different. It's not necessarily worse or better. It just was so different than what we were getting between my self-production and, and Randy Pasquarella, his mixing for the other songs. It was just so different that we were like, we have to package it differently. Like yeah. the sonics are too different. So we um, that's why we decided to do dichotomy. That's ultimately why we decided to do dichotomy. Um, so this is a standalone two song EP. Uh, as far as of right now, these songs are not going to appear on our album when that's eventually released. Um, I don't know if we'll reimagine them at all someday, but I think um, my thoughts right now are that we're going to leave them alone. This will be kind of like a stamp in time for where we were at our career. Yeah. And you, and you mentioned the singles route, like uh, obviously we were talking about Memphis and I know they went that direction as well in the lead up to their new record where they just, you know, every, I don't know, it was like six weeks or two months or three months or whatever, they, they drop another single and it, and it created this momentum. Um, and, and like you said, we're in strange times where, especially I would say even a year ago where stuff was still getting canceled, there were new Delta, you know, Delta variants or this variant came out and tours were getting canceled or, or people were getting sick on tour and they had to drop off the tour. Um, so I feel like the singles route, which correct me if I'm wrong, I think I think the hip hop, you know, genre has been doing that for a while. You know what I mean? In terms of singles, mixtapes, and you give people these, these appetizers for lack of a better way to say it, to digest, you know, leading up to either a tour or a full length. So yeah, like you said, man, the, the landscape is, is changing. And, and, and that's why I think you're a good person to talk to about this because to be an independent band and rack up the, the streams that you guys have to rack up, I mean, to have over 52,000 monthly listeners on Spotify is no small feat, man. Like kudos to you guys for that. And I really think there, I've never been there, but just loving metalcore, like the Northeast is, I, I just like a hundred years from now, I, I really feel like there will be, if, if not books, if there's books don't exist anymore, there will be people doing podcasts about, do you remember when Alive or Just Breathing came out? And then you remember that, then you remember when Saving Vice's independent band was coming out of the Northeast, dude, like there's something in the water up there with you guys, man. I really, I really believe that. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting landscape. And I think that's why you guys really fit the mold of, of the theme of this podcast of perseverance and moving forward is, is just, you guys have been through a lot. You mentioned, you know, dropping your album right before the pandemic hit. And I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think when hello there came out, you guys were able to do um, a release show. And then like literally within a month, the world shut down and, but here you yeah. guys are and you've dropped all these singles Phantom Pain did really well. You guys were on freaking what Times Square in New York. Like, so I I don't even know if there's a question in there other than to say like kudos for persevering what you guys have persevered through. Cause I do think that you're a really good example of if you believe in the music and you work on your craft and um and you 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 can roll with the punches, you can you know, the payoff will come in due time. And I think I think that's a good lesson for anybody listening to this, especially younger bands that are trying to figure it out, man. It it's been hard, man. And I appreciate um, you know, I appreciate the the credit you gave me there because it has been tough. And like since pretty much like 2020 shit has just been like so hard. It feels like you're swimming 
swimming against a current, you know what I'm saying at times. And I, I don't know, man, like right around when we did our podcast earlier this year, I was going through a really tough bout of depression. I had COVID, um, you know, uh, I was going through a lot of mental stuff. I went through a breakup. So it was a pretty brutal start to the year. Um, I think like either during or right after your podcast episode. Um, so the first quarter of this year was just pretty much spent to me- mental health. And then like, you know, we finally seemed to get our hopes up for this born dead tour, which took place in like, you know, like um, end of May, June. I don't need to recap that whole story. You guys can go look it up if you want. Um, but that was kind of a brutal situation being trapped down in Texas, not being able to play shows, you know, Lil Xan dropping off of our tour. Um, so that was definitely brutal. And, you know, we walked out of there with uh, a really big bill, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't fun for our band. Um, it got us a lot of attention and a lot of publicity and I'm forever grateful for that. This team kind of came together and helped us out. Our GoFundMe for our band was super successful. Uh, we raised the money in two days that we wanted, um, which was great. And I appreciate it, but it was still brutal behind the scenes. And I could tell my guys were all just demoralized coming back. And then with this tour, um, you know, it's uh, this was supposed to be sort of our comeback tour for this year, this dichotomy fall run that we're doing, uh, which has two legs, which we aptly named, uh, you know, the Smorphia tour and the Culling tour. Yeah. Um, do you want me to get into that? Because that's kind of the subject of today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you want, well, I should say if, if you want to, we don't have to. Yeah. I mean, I'll touch on it. That's fine. Um, so, uh, the, so the, the, the recording of this podcast, um, uh, we basically made a post today, um, basically talking about our experience with the, with the tour. So after the born dead tour, uh, we parted ways with our manager slash agent, Ashley Ventura, and uh, subsequently hired uh, uh, this guy named Wesley Ingram. He's a really good friend of ours. So he's our new agent from uh, Forthright Booking. Um, he's the man. And basically, we were trying to book this tour with him like pretty much right away. So this was back in like whatever, July. And the culling tour uh, is was totally booked fine. It's all of his bands too. So it's us. Uh, there's Revenant and Dreamwake. Um, so there's the three of us. That's the tour package. And those dates were, like like I said, no issue whatsoever. Um, he was trying to get us routed to Las Vegas. Oh, and I should say, too, that we were going to be playing on When We Were Hungry Festival out in Las Vegas, uh, which unfortunately has gotten canceled recently. So we were building this tour around that festival. So routing ourselves from New York, which is where I live, out to Las Vegas um, was definitely kind of a process. And Wesley bumped into uh, Joe Borland, um, who had a band he was managing and uh, basically routing his band out to When We Were Hungry Festival. They needed a headliner. And Wes is like, yo, I have a headliner. I need a tour package. So we combined forces with Joe. And Joe kind of took the reins with the uh, <clears throat> with the booking and he was pretty opaque throughout the whole process, you know, kind of didn't really share anything with us, um, which was a little strange, but we didn't really think much of it. And then um, I forget the specific date, but there's a bunch of drama that came out back in sometime in August about um, Irate Festival, which was his festival. Um, you probably remember that, right, Mike? 
I don't think I, I don't think I am aware of, of really. No, no, I don't think I, I don't think I saw that. Um, maybe. Uh, just- okay. Well, I don't want to butcher the story and that's, you know, I don't want to spend too much, um, yeah, no, it's- real estate on Joe Borland, but, yeah. um, People basically, uh, I rate fest was a festival he either owned or co-owned. I'm not sure. Um, and it was based in Kentucky and there was a lot of drama. I guess he was, um, allegedly mistreating some of the bands on the bill and the whole scene basically canceled him and he subsequently canceled irate fest um just because of all the negative backlash all these bands were dropping off it became like a whole meme now we were on irate fest that like that was not an issue that we had but with all the negativity and the drama we parted ways with joe and it was pretty mutual like he understood he seemed to understand so him and his band um i think they ended up firing him too actually if i'm not mistaken so now uh wes basically reached out to all these promoters and was like, hey, like I'm saving vice this agent. Um, you know, I see that, you know, we had a show booked here. Um, Joe's no longer working with us, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know, basically he wanted to patch things up with all these promoters and get the tour back up and running. And these promoters are like, who the fuck is Joe? Like, who is saving vice? Like this dude was making up shows. I made the flyers, bro. I designed the flyers for this tour. And it's like, he was literally, this all happened, by the way, two days, two days, as in 48 hours from when we were going to announce this tour. So this dude, like that didn't exist. You know what I mean? Like what was, I don't know what his end game was. I don't know, like selfishly, like maybe he thought, oh, like. I can figure this out later. I'm busy now sort of thing, but I want to keep people happy. I I have no idea. And I don't want to spend too much time thinking about it, but it was very frustrating uncovering all those skeletons basically. And now we're caught with, you know, you know, we're basically caught last minute trying to get all these shows together. So we're working with our agent. We're working with the thirst team and Mal, uh, who's their manager. She's great. We're all working really hard to get these dates booked and it's it was really brutal man we got a lot of them booked there's still a few left and we made a post today basically throwing a hail mary out there saying like look this dude fucked us over these are the dates here are the cities anyone can help us great i don't care man like i'll play the biggest venue in your hometown i'll play your mom's basement i don't care i just want to play a show have a safe space for our fans to come out and have a blast and sell some merch and make some money that's all i want you know what I mean? At this point, because otherwise, what are we going to do? We're going to go dick around for an off day, three days in a row in Denver or something like, no, of course not. Like that's ridiculous. So we decided like, screw it. Like drama is not normally our like uh, call to action as a band, but we decided today that we were going to try something new and the response has been overwhelmingly positive. Um, <clears throat> you know, a lot of people came out and it looks like we got these shows that we needed booked filled a lot of people came with contacts uh people that we had previously hit up that now for whatever reason can help us out so um i'm really looking forward to it man um it was a really positive day for us to see good prevail you know yeah yeah and um and yeah man i you know like you know like we discussed man like i i'm not somebody that wants to take people to uncomfortable places or anything like that and and just the 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 timing of it happening the day that we recorded 
Um, I was like, if he wants to touch on it, that's that's cool. And I I, I guess just me being in my cave dealing with my own stuff. No, I, I wasn't aware of the 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 festival stuff that happened too, man. But but like you said, I think to, to put a positive um to put a positive note on it, Robbie, like you said, the fact that your guys' fan base is loyal, the fact that you guys have people across the country that can help you out. Um, I, I'm I'm a believer that at the end of the day, good things happen to good people in due time. Um and, and I don't know if this is more of like a Christian thing, like, you know, or, or whatever. Um, I, I heard it in a documentary recently, you know, what's done in the dark will come to the light. Um, you know what I mean? So I feel like I kind of live by karma too. like whatever we do, good or bad, I think comes back to us. So um, so, yeah, I, I'm I'm sorry. It's been a tough day, um, but I'm grateful that you still took the time to do this. And like you said, the positives, I think you guys got a really awesome EP coming up um calling is already doing great and um i think you guys will be able to salvage those shows so i definitely don't want to you know make any of your hair fall out or you know give you any more stress um continuing to harp on something that obviously no this is like fortune therapeutic in a way you know like because i remember you asked me like you still want to do this podcast today and i was like you know what yeah i do because like even if things didn't go super well like obviously like i'm super grateful i had so many dms today our agents uh inbox was flooded you know like it was a really positive day and we're talking like literally what past seven hours or whatever like it's been a great day but even if that all didn't happen like you know i wanted a space where i could kind of vent about this because it's like you know what i mean how how often do you get to interview an artist and see their initial reactions on something that you know what i mean just happened it's still fresh the wound's very fresh you know so I was like, screw it. Let's do a candid moment with Mike. You know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I was happy you still wanted to come on, man. And um, and the fact that you wanted to come back, that's always good when people want to come back on the show. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Being being somebody that's doing doing this all myself, too. And I'm not saying that like, oh, look at me or anybody did that. Like, I love doing this um, and, and I'm yeah. continuing to stick around and build it and um, I, I'm consider myself a genuine dude. I don't have any ulterior motives other than this is what I love. I love metal. I love metal core. I love new metal. I love all versions of it. Um, I know there's a lot of gatekeepers, but I, I just want everybody to hug and mosh and have a good time. I'm not going to mosh cause I'm older now I'll stand in the back and bob my head, but you get the picture, but yeah, man, yeah. I, I'm a big fan of what you guys are doing. Um, the in shallows guys are great. Um, it was great to have them on and you did their debut EP, which, which was awesome. It was one of my favorite releases of 2021. It's crazy how fast time is flying, man. But, uh, it is, but, um, yeah. And their cover of Hollywood's bleeding was amazing too. That was so, I think we did that like right after my podcast with you, like a week after. And that was one of the things I want to ask you. I was like, did he do, did he produce that one as well? Cause that turned out sick. I did. Yeah. That turned out sick. Did they come to you with that and say, hey, we want to do Hollywood's Bleeding? Or did you guys like, because obviously you guys have the hip hop influences too with Saving Vice. But um, that was one that was like a trying to think of the the way I, the, it was a pleasant surprise to me. You know, not that I didn't think that they could pull off something like that, but I just, I didn't see it coming. So when I saw that, it was like, whoa, they're going to do Post Malone. I love Post Malone. And I thought it turned out great. Yeah, no, I, um, they came to me with the idea. I think they might've had a few others before they landed on Hollywood's bleeding my philosophy with covers um it's tough man because like saving vice it's so hard to get us to agree on anything um 
but typically, you know, when you try to do a cover, you know, you can do it for you as an artist, like a song that you feel like you could really like resonate, like you really resonate with and you want to do a version of it. Like, that's great. Um, if you're doing it for like clout, dropping a song or dropping a cover song of like a brand new hot track is great. You see, our, you know, um, our last night do that kind of stuff all the time. Um, my personal opinion on it is like to go for the more vintage stuff. So like we did, for example, Bring Me to Life. It's one of our most streamed covers ever yeah uh, or most stream songs ever rather so like that song did super well uh we tried some other stuff we tried angels and demons which we dropped this year too that came out really cool actually um i enjoyed that was a that was yeah that was a really fun one a lot of people didn't know it was a cover so that's a good example of like a song that we felt like we could do a really good version of and make it feel like an original song uh and i think that's what the inchalas boys had in mind with hollywood's bleeding and I was like, yeah, I was like, I totally see it. They hit me with the demo. Um, and I was like, okay, all right. I can kind of hear the direction they're going with this. And I think they learned a lot working with me the first time in the studio. So um, the comp, you know, compositionally, it was a lot more mature and put together. Um, so kudos to them. They actually just hit me up about <clears throat> tracking their, their album too. So we're going to try to find some time this winter to do that. Awesome. um but yeah that was a fun little cover man that was and, and i love hip-hop i've been doing a lot of beats and stuff and like it's just fun man it's like when you are in a metalcore band uh you know you're in these venues every single night on tour and you see her oh, like for fucking six hours straight just fucking chinas and distortion and just harsh harsh frequencies blasting your eardrums every night you know and then you play a stage you know, you play your set and whatever. So, and as a producer, I'm doing a lot of the same things. So it's like refreshing to like, listen to other stuff. That's not that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like beats that are contrasting to metal. Like it's, I work with a hip hop artist recently. His name's young Doug. He's great, super talented. And I had so much fun working with him because it was nothing to do with what I normally do. So it's like, you know what I mean? Like that contrast is nice. Yeah, and speaking of that, you're you're doing beats now with uh, Hell Here Studios, right? I saw you I saw you put at least one of them up on your Instagram. Uh, was it Layla? Was it that the name of the beat that that? You yeah, had? it's the name of my dog, my puppy, Layla. Because I was trying to think of a name for this beat because you got to title it, you know. And I was like, oh, I'll just use my puppy's name, Layla. So, um, yeah, I'm exploring the whole beat stuff. Um, I know some producers make a killing off of it. Um, you know, platforms like BeatStars makes it sort of possible. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of new ways where I can kind of like when I have free time either here or like when I'm on tour. So like the issue with tour, for example, Mike, is that uh, it's a lot of hurry up and wait. So there's a lot of time where you're just sitting around waiting at an hour at a time and then you're sprinting for 10 minutes and then you're waiting another 45 minutes and then you're sprinting. So it's hard to do any like genuine sit down type work. But popping open a laptop and working on some beats and stuff like that, pretty simple. You know, I'm trying to make myself a little bit more um, tour friendly with my income, you know, being able because as an independent musician, it's like everything we're making right now just gets reinvested back into the band, which is great. And I'm not complaining, but I need to have side hustles on the road like we all do. Tyler draws, right? Chase has his clothing brand Low Point, which is fantastic. That's a whole podcast episode for you at some point um you know me with the studio stuff 
I'm also getting more into mentorship, um, you know, type services. And uh, like I said, these beats, you know, writing beats and stuff from the road where I don't need a whole drum kit and vocals and you know what I mean? So it's like a little bit easier. Um, so yeah, I'm just exploring new ideas. Yeah. And on the new ideas thing too, I I've been watching the, uh, the band hacks that you've been doing. And and I actually, I literally wrote down Robbie is hella organized. <laughs> Cause like you, <laughs> you did the thing about, uh, it was cool though. You talked about having, um, you know, breaking down, how you um, have your group chats um, and, and breaking down, like mm-hmm. you don't just have one group chat where everything gets lost. You, you have one for accounting, you have one for music. And then you did another one about, Hey, have business cards. We got 500 for 20 bucks. You did one about, you know, syncing up the click track the the best way to do that when you're playing live. Like it was really, it was really cool. I need to get some new ones. I have, I have some really, really old business cards but uh, but yeah, man, it, it was it was motivating for me to watch it even as a podcaster because, you know, I mean, uh, like, and I was actually just talking about this with uh, the guest that's going to be coming out this week, the first week of October. You guys will be hearing this beginning of November, but he's a cool musician by the name of Wes Anderson. Check him out. Um, not the director, Wes Anderson, but the guitarist from Baltimore, Wes Anderson. I was like, no way. You got Wes Anderson. <laughs> this Wes is a what great guy he he does he does a lot of collaborations as a guitarist um he's he's cranked out some really cool singles since 2018 um you know not to name drop but um trey from sherry amore he uh had a song with head pe and unksta um his latest one is with a, a rapper by the name of blake g um he's he's done a lot of cool stuff man uh there was a remix of one of his songs that dj lethal did so it's it's really cool, you know, because he's like, hey, I'm the guitar player and I, I don't do this other stuff, but this is a vibe that I feel like would fit. Right. But it was cool to pick his brain because like you, he's really into marketing and doing those kind of things and, you know, being able to collaborate with these artists. And so I was like, man, it's cool to see Robbie just pass it on his knowledge of what they're doing as as an independent band to, to other people. You know, I thought it was really cool that you you were laying that out there because a lot of people don't know that stuff, man, you know. Every, everything starts with that first step, but sometimes you don't know what that first step should be. And I feel like those videos are a really good first step for people trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, I'm so glad you brought this up because there's a few reasons I wanted to start doing the band hack stuff. Um, you know, first off, like I needed to get into the TikTok real game anyway, like as a musician, uh, the algorithm is favoring short format videos now. And you and I talked about this prior to the podcast too, when we were doing our pre-roll, um, you know, getting video content up there is like, you're missing out big time if you're not doing that. And, you know, uh, anyone that knows me knows I'm more of a background character. I like it that way. I don't like, like I can never be a front man, man. I'm too insecure. I've had body image issues my whole entire life. Like I don't like being in front of a camera, but I understand that being in a part, part of being in a band is your image. And being a face of any type of business, like you need to make video type content now to even remotely compete. So me and all my guys are trying to do whatever it is that we do best. And for me, that's sort of like the managerial side of things, right? So like um, how I organize my, you know, organize my shit, you know, like the cues for the live performance. Like I have a lot of this information that I found over the years. And I'm telling you, bro, like, Getting to mentor, you know, younger artists and stuff like that. I love doing it because I get to like spend my time working with younger artists that want to do this for a living. And I can like, dude, I would have 
when I was 18 years old, I would have loved to meet the me now and just pick my brain, you know? So it's like, I'm glad I can be an older brother for, for these artists. And the band hacks are kind of like a sample of the sorts of stuff that, you know, I'm familiar with. Like I, I am a graphic designer. I used to do it for a living. Um, I'm now getting into video editing. That's like my, my latest vice. You know what I mean? That's my new thing. Um, Final Cut Pro. Um, getting proficient with that. I'm a producer. You know, I manage. I do the accounting for our band. So, yeah. And you mentioned organization. Like, dude, there's, what, 10 people in the Saving Vice team? Our bandmates plus, like, our management and stuff, our, all of our team members. It's a lot of people. So you got to, like, have systems in place so that, you don't have a group chat that's getting blown the fuck up all all day. And now you got to read a goddamn Harry Potter novel after work just to get up to speed. Yeah. You know what I mean? When 80% of it was garbage. So we have different chats. And I said this in my, my band hack, but I'll say it to anyone listening to this. Like, if you guys aren't already doing this, I would recommend at least bare minimum getting two chats. One for your fuckery stuff. That's like the memes. Hey, how's your how's the wife doing? Whatever. That chat. And then you have a chat that's for all the business stuff. Bare minimum, that's what I would do. We have like 15 something chats between accounting, music, multimedia, social media. Um, what else do we have? We have one for... Uh, I'm trying to think of the yeah, other like stuff. I, I promise you like we have a, a lot. Business decisions. Business. So um, th- there's a lot. And... Uh, but our whole ship, everyone wonders how we do what we do without a label. It's like, well, you got to do these things. You know what I mean? If you want to be independent, there's two commodities in this industry, time and money. And if you don't have a lot of one, you better have a fuck ton of the other. Okay. If you're poor and you're broke as shit, you better have all the time in the world to work on yourself. Learn Photoshop, learn Final Cut Pro, learn how to produce your own music like I did. You know, I was a broke bitch a few years ago and I worked my ass off to get to where I'm at. And I'm still growing. I'm still people want to know how I got to where I'm at. I, I grind. Okay. But it's not just grinding. You got to grind in the right areas. You got to smart, uh, work smart, not just work hard. A lot of people work hard and just spin in a circle. Like it, it takes more than working hard. Okay. You got to invest your time in the things that are going to move the needle, right? The 80 20 principle we've all heard put time into things that are going to move. So, um, you know, and if you don't have the time, you better have a lot of money to pay these people to make your logo for you or to make your song. Um, for me, a lot of it was being broke, but I also am a control freak. I'm a perfectionist. <laughs> and cause I have a weird, you know, brain. I'm probably, I'm probably autistic. I'm not sure, but I have something going on in my brain where I'm just a control freak. And um, I just find myself like doing all these crazy mix revisions or when someone gives me a piece of artwork, I'm like, can you do this and this and that? So it was easier for me to just learn how to do it and just do it. You know what I mean? Like that's saying, if you want something done right, do it yourself. So that was sort of my thing. But I need to learn. I have been learning and I'm continuing to learn how to delegate a little bit better. Right. And trust my band members. Like Henjamin is a great example. He's my bass player. Um, he's the accountant of Saving Vice. That took a lot for me to hand that over to him. Me doing the accounting for saving vice is not a good use of my time, especially when I have skills like producing the music and stuff. So I taught Kenjamin how to do it. He's great. He's fantastic. Incredible attention to detail. And uh, so he's like our CFO. We joke about it all the time. Um, but recently I got him into doing the video stuff. So he, like he did our, we're putting together a 
guitar playthrough for our song Colin Kindness, the one that you said you liked. We're doing a playthrough for that because it's crazy on guitar. Like it's an amazing song. Yeah. And um, we want to do a playthrough. So I had him in charge of all that. And he's doing a great job. Like he's got a really good knack for video stuff. So that's a huge weight off of my plate if he can pick that up. Does that make sense? Sure. So like delegating and trusting your team is part of it. Because I mean, even though I can do everything proficiently, I don't have that much time in a day to do all this stuff. You see what I'm saying? And have a roof over my head, you know? So it's about balanced. Yeah. And you got to have, so some- I know that was a lot there, but. Oh no, no need to apologize. Yeah. And you definitely got to rest too. Cause I, I relate to, to not turning my brain off, but then there's times where I just overthink or I doubt myself or I spin my wheels. Like I had a moment recently where I was just thinking, you know, you mentioned mental health uh, earlier and, and, I'm sorry you went all through all that, man. I had no idea when we were talking. I, I remember you being under the weather and mentioning that you had COVID. And I oh, this I this slowly I just, crept in after that. Okay. I think it started with the COVID, okay. right? Yeah, I had it. I had it uh, officially the end of January. I think I had the flu at Christmas. I got like double whammy. Mm-hmm. But um, but to tie it into everything you're saying now, like like you said, it's it's not just about hustling and grinding. It's about doing it in the right way. And I realized like, man, I commit a lot of time to like just my hamster and wheel brain instead of like just having more confidence in myself and and being more disciplined about the stuff that's going to actually get me where I want to go. And I think, like you said, in your position, you've learned out of this, um, you know, you learned when you were broken, when you didn't have what you have now, but now you're in that position where you're like, okay, I know I have the confidence and trust that I can delegate and I can, I can give this to somebody else because I, I relate to that. I like to think I'm not a control freak, but when it comes to my world, I absolutely am. And it's like being able to have people that, that can help you with things to trust them with your vision or getting the job done is important, man. Cause then you have the time to do the other stuff. Cause like you said, there's only so many hours in a day. And at the end of the day, that's what I've learned. You don't want to get to a, a place where the things you enjoy become things you don't enjoy because you're just so burnt out and you don't have the energy. Cause at the end of the day, we're not robots, right? I mean, as right. much as you love this stuff, as much as you love music, working with bands, doing all this stuff, like it's enough to deal with the, the, the crappy business stuff that comes up, like what you guys have recently gone through much less trying to shoulder it all on your own. So I think that's cool that you're, you're translating those skills into other, other people and putting the trust in them to, to do it, man. That's cool. You know? Yeah, absolutely, man. And it's like, it's definitely hard. You talked about burnout and stuff. You know, I wish I had more advice on this stuff because I'm still trying to figure it out. But um, for me, my kind of rule of thumb, I've tried, I've tried a lot of stuff out for the record. But um, for me, my system right now, when I'm not on tour, because this only works when I'm on tour, I grind Monday through Saturday. Okay, this is what my typical day to day looks like because people, you know, they don't hear from me often. So this is probably insightful. Um, the second I wake up, I pretty much will just kind of get dressed and eat breakfast. And then I, <clears throat> I start my day pretty much. I work from home, right. I'm like, I got my own home studio and I'm pretty much here all day doing whatever. If I got a band in, you know, we're tracking. And so I'm working all day and then around the evening, I'll probably settle up, have some dinner. I might watch a show and I'll go lay down for a little bit might give someone a call, like a friend or something like that. Um, and then I get a, a second wave a lot of times around like eight and nine o'clock. And I'll just get back to my studio and grind for another few hours, fall asleep and do the same thing. I do this for six days a week. So I'm working, what is that? 16, 18 hours a day for six days straight. 
pretty much. And I mean, like I take breaks and I go for walks. Like, I, you know what I mean? I'm not like a total hermit, but I do work like that much. And then on Sundays, I try really hard. I don't always get the luxury. I try really hard to fuck off on Sundays, like unwind, unplug. I'm watching my shows. I do whatever I want. I try not to do band stuff. Obviously, if I'm inspired to do a band hack <clears throat> or to you know write a new song, like I just wrote a new song the other day. It's fucking amazing. It's probably one of my favorite songs I've ever written on Sunday, and it goes against my policy. But you know, when inspiration strikes, it strikes, bro. You know what I mean? But for the most part, I try to unwind on Sundays. That's my unplugged day. Um, so actually, it's funny. Uh, as of the recording of this video, I got my buddy's bachelor party. We're going up to Saratoga uh, this Wednesday and Thursday. So I'm like in grind mode. Like my whole brain's, I got to release this week. We're announcing a big show on Friday. I don't want to announce it because I don't want to like jinx anything. Um, but as of right now, we're announcing a huge show on Friday, Headliner. Um, and like, I got all this stuff I got to do. I'm designing the flyer and stuff. So I'm trying to wrap it all up so I can go to this bachelor party and just not be like powered yeah. over my phone the entire time while there's like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're at a strip club and I'm just like, ah, <laughs> like playing on my phone. <laughs> no, it's so good. It's I want to actually like enjoy the week. Yeah. It's important to unwind, man. And not to take you back to a, a difficult place, but I mean, I went through, you know, same, you know, similar thing, I should say, not same, because no two people's things are the same, but about right. a half ago, I went through uh, a really difficult breakup and then more death. And, and I've talked about it on this podcast and, you know, so I don't, I don't want to like beat a dead horse for people who listen regularly, but a lot of death, uh, more, more than I'd ever experienced at any one year in my life. Just, um, it, it was, it was crazy. And, and you, I kind of got to a point where I was numb. And then I was like, you know what, man, the only way I'm going to get through this is to focus on the things I love. And the people that I love. So I was like, I'm going to make it a point to get in good shape physically because that helps me mentally. That helps me deal with things and process things better. Um, I'm going to try to, you know, stay in touch with family and friends, which I'm not good at because I go into hermit mode when I shoulder things. Terrible, um, terrible. I feel like I'm, I'm just now awful. starting to come out of my cave. Like I had a, one of my best friends recently text me um, and I felt bad because like I'd been meaning to text them and I just got in my cave but it's like, I feel like for me, diet, exercise, and then also rest, man. And it's hard to turn my brain off at night, but I feel like I've, I'm a real big believer in seven hours. And lately I've been getting six and I know I'm more edgy when I get six. And I know there's some people that get like five and they're like, I'm cool. Oh, I, I'm a total asshole in the morning. Like I am throughout the day, but especially in the morning. Oh my God. Send me some, send me something like problematic in the morning and I'll just be like, <laughs> I'll chew you out. Like, it's crazy. Like I it's, it's, it's for real, man. It's like getting that extra hour of sleep makes a whole difference. Um, and I wish I had more of that routine in my life. I, I really do. Um, I'm just one of those, uh, you know, have you seen like, um, what's the movie, uh, with Forrest Gump or that's the name of the movie. I'm an idiot. Sorry. Uh, Forrest Gump. He like runs over the, you know, across the country or whatever. Like that's a big part of the movie. And they interview him and stuff in the movie. They're like, like, what's your secret? He's like, you know, when I'm tired, I stop. And then I just keep running when I'm ready. And that's kind of like my philosophy with life is like, I go to bed when I'm tired and I wake up and do my thing. When I'm tired, I sleep. And when I'm active, I'm active. I stop fighting it and trying to, you know what I mean? Because I've tried, I've tried everything. Man. I've tried routines. I've tried time blocking. And it's like, I just listen to my body now. 
And the next thing I know I need to work on, I mean, there's a few things, obviously, but the next major hurdle in the, in the saga of Robbie Litchfield is getting my, my weight under control, my health. I just, I've been eating like crap. Being a producer is hard, man. I'm behind, I'm sitting in a chair for most of the day, you know, walking your dog really isn't the amount of exercise that, you know, someone like myself needs. So on tour, it's easy because like the energy we put on, I know you've never seen a slide, but we go nuts on stage and it's just, it's a lot of physical like effort on tour, which is fine. But like when we're in, plus we have Planet Fitness cards. So like we could always work out additionally if we wanted. Um, but when I'm home, man, I'm terrible. I'm just, I'm a snacker. I love snacks. Oh my God. Big snack guy. So it's tough. Um, so that's the next big th- uh, thing for me when I get home from tour is to try to shed some of this weight and clean myself up a little bit. And um, we talked about energy and stuff like that. I mean, it's scientifically proven that like being more physically fit, you're going to have more energy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just statically, you know what I mean? Throughout your day. So um, investing that little bit of time into my life and my health, I think is going to be really beneficial and my confidence, right? We talked about that and putting my face out there more on these TikToks and stuff. I'd like to keep it to one chin. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's kind of where I'm at with it. Stop it, Robbie. Well, <laughs> I'll tell I'll tell you. Um, I've you know I've I've dealt with um, body issues over the years too, man. I'm I still got bird legs, but I always tell people they got me they got me this far. I I swear up and down that that calf muscles are genetic. I could do a hundred calf raises a day, and and I won't look like you know the Rock or a, an NFL running back. But if you if you need any motivation along the way, let me know, man. Like I um. I could tell you some of the stuff that I do. I mean, actually, you can probably see it behind me, not to sound like a meathead. The listeners can't see it, but <laughs> I have a pull-up bar um, that I just put right in between my kitchen and my dining room. Um, at one point in time, I could, I like when I was 20, I think I could do maybe four or five, and now I can do like 15 just over the years of just, I did P90X when I was younger. I like the home workouts. Um, I do think there's 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 positives and negatives to it. Like some people like going to the gym, they get motivated by seeing other people work out, but there's a lot you can do with the home pull-up bar, a yoga mat, some heavy metal, and like a couple of sets of free weights. Um, there's different fitness apps out there, but um, the program that that put on uh, P90X is called Beachbody, and it's basically the same as a gym membership. And it's great for me because, you know, living in a bigger city like Nashville with the traffic and stuff, I get home from work. I basically have a personal trainer in my living room and then it's just how bad do I want to continue to stay in shape? But I've learned as I've gotten older, diet is a huge part of it. I used to be able to eat whatever I wanted. I love my ice cream. I'm, you know, same thing like you, man. I love my snacks, but I've tried to substitute, you know, little things like, you know, instead of chips, I went to trail mix and then I went from trail mix with M&Ms to um, cashews. Now Uh, I switched um, protein bars to kind bars because I still get that, that, you know, sweet taste a little bit, but I know it's more natural ingredients and they're like gluten-free and stuff. I believe the chips I get now are like healthier, you know what I mean? So, uh, right. trying to meal prep on the weekends. So like you said, even though Sunday's your rest day, I don't know if you like cooking, but you know, simple stuff, whether you're vegan or not, I mean, you know, try to cook for a few days and you know, are you, you vegan? You eat like a dog for four or five days. I haven't gone fully. No, I, I like chicken too much, um, mm-hmm. to go fully vegan. Uh, my sister has, um, actually I think she's technically pescatarian cause I do, she will still eat fish, but she's, she's done it. 
and she's been doing hot yoga and, and she's in like, um, I haven't seen her in a few months, but, um, she's, she's, uh, in, in great shape now getting up early and doing like, hot so, yoga. so yeah. You- so when I went through like my depression bout earlier this year, like I would say literally the first third of 2022 was brutal for me. It was a complete nightmare. So I was kind of like looking for everything and anything to help me feel better. Um, and one thing I stumbled upon was like the diet stuff that we're talking about. And I know just from all the research I've done, like I'm just convinced that veganism is the way to go. And I, I, I agree with you. I love like chicken, especially way too much to give it up easily. Um, and also with veganism, it's just like, it's a lot more accessible than it used to be for sure. Yeah. But, um, you know, there's still not a lot of like quick meal type stuff. Like it takes a lot of like meal prep and whatever, um, to kind of get the nutrients and everything. Cause like you have to eat more to get the calories that you need. Right. So yeah. with veganism, there's a lot more complexity to it, but I'm fully like, if I had my own personal chef, that was like, you know, like my own chef that could just cook stuff for me whenever I wanted, I know for a fact, I would go vegan in a heartbeat because of just like, you know what I mean? Especially with my family history with like heart attacks and shit like that. Like, I don't know. It's just, um, it's clear as day that the meat industry is just poisoning people now. Uh, the meat and dairy industry specifically, but, um, man, is that shit good? (laughs) Like it's so hard. Um, especially when you're touring, you know, we do a lot of gas station meals. Um, so that's really difficult. So I'm trying to work with my boys and try to at least start eating cleaner, you know what I mean? At at a bare minimum, um, less processed foods. Um, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, I'll let you know how that all goes on our next podcast interview, whenever that is. But, um, it's, it's something that I I know that I want to work on. That's like my next big thing for Robbie Litchfield. Yeah. the health stuff. Well, if you, if you need to stay motivated, let me know. And I'm not the epitome of, uh, of fitness. I'm not shredded or anything like that. I'm 34 now, man. So I'm just trying to maintain, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I know what you mean. And it does help. It does help with my mental health a lot. Cause I I've been there with you, man. Like I, you know, like I said, I mean, even there's friends I haven't seen in a while and it's, it's a two way street. I go into my cave and it sounds like you do too. Um, but it's good because it's, you know, you recognize it, you recognize the bad patterns and you try to replace them with good ones. Well, I told you, I get you right. at 630. I know we're right at that time, man. Um, since we, since we touched on some heavy stuff real quick, I just want to ask you musically. Um, and you know, obviously you're in the know as a musician and a producer and everything with saving vice, everybody go check out dichotomy. Um, first thing, when is the official drop for dichotomy? And then the second thing, um, just keeping it lighter after getting into some heavy stuff, like what are some of the, the songs or riffs, um, that you've been geeking out on lately? Like the last thing that you heard that made like the hair on the back of your neck stand up, you're like, Oh damn, I wish I would have wrote that. Any of those? Moments? Oh, that's a good question. So for dichotomy that comes out, uh, this Friday, October 7th, um, it will have been out <clears throat> by the time of, uh, you know, this podcast comes out. I'll send you Idis Morphia when we're done here, by the way, Mike. Yeah. Um, I'll shoot that over to you. I'm surprised you didn't say anything sooner. I would have happily done that. But um, as far as, okay, so what was the other quote? Oh, yeah, riffs or whatever, some songs I've been yeah, geeking uh, out on. Yeah, and it doesn't even necessarily have to be metal, but just any music that you've been listening to lately that maybe you want to just shout out here if people aren't familiar or any. any um, I, I really like Motionless's new record. I, I, I think I'm a little bit biased because... 
the same people worked on it as dichotomy. So, you know, I'm a little bit uh, like, I want to like it, you know, but I think motionless's new record is great. Um, I really like the new bad omens album too. That one you you asked about like, you know, hair crawl kind of thing. Like that was kind of, uh, I think one of those albums for me, I, I had all my, so I'm not really a, a hype subscriber. I, I, I don't know. I used to when I was younger, but, but like I'm 27 now. I'm a producer. Like I sort of just kind of like wait to see what other people say. And then I'll listen to something. Um, yeah, I know that's like whatever, but uh, you know, I saw a lot of hype around bad omens specifically. And I was like, okay. So I listened to the album, like, Holy shit, this is really good. Like I really like the production on the album. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit about, uh memphis mayfire earlier i think their new stuff is excellent um yeah i i really like the new riffs and like you were saying you know kellen self-produced all that um which is really cool so i know it's kind of beautiful to see that there's a lot more of that now too just a quick side note like you're seeing that like a mice of men um uh who uh fucking forget which member does it but one of the members uh is self-produces their stuff too which is really cool. So I don't know. It's kind of cool that the whole like scene has become more democratized in that sense. You know, it doesn't take a million dollars to go record an album anymore. Like people can do it on a budget and still make really beautiful, amazing music. So I don't know. Those are, those are the ones that stick out to me recently. Nice. Nice. If you, if, if you want a good, uh, not that you asked for a suggestion, but as we were talking, as far as new stuff that's come out this year, Mm-hmm. Um, I also really love Stargazer from Mood Ring. Love that record. I think those dudes are are they've got a bright future ahead of them, just like Saving Vice does. Um, what uh, what style are they, dude? Mood Ring is like um, I I I've been trying I've been trying to 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 get a podcast there too because I I love their stuff so much. Um, but part of the inspiration I think for their band name is that they kind of just go a little bit everywhere. So there's, there's elements I would say of alternative and nineties, there's elements of newer, heavier stuff. Um, it's, it's a little bit of everything. My, my favorite song off the record is peel, which, which is just a kind of lyrically what, what I've been going through. I feel like with, with everything mm-hmm. last year, but it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to put them in one, in one box. Um, but I, I think they they'd be somebody that that you'd be you'd be interested in. Um, I guess I'll definitely I guess check them out. The overall bucket, I would say you would you'd probably say modern alternative rock elements of metal, elements of old school. Right. Stuff. Um, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with like uh, failure um, uh, from back in the day, but uh, yeah, there's there's different influences there. I really dig them, and the new Machine Head record is amazing. Um, that is such, really? such an epic listen. Um, I want to say it's their first kind of concept record that they've done, but dude, I have so much respect for, for Rob Flynn. I love that dude. I think he's a freaking monster. Some of my favorite heavy metal riffs ever are machine head and, um, just being in that vein, um, you know, in metalcore uh, that you guys are in, man, like I, I, th- I, and you being the riff beast that you are, man, check, check out that record. That's oh, a good, I'm a riff. I'm a riff guy for life, man. I just love. That's a good riff. Like, oh, I want to touch on something actually on that real quick. So, like, I think with Hello There, it was definitely a really good, like, album. I'm super proud of it. But like, moving forward, um, 
I think I've become a lot more mature as a producer in the sense of like, I'm starting to write riffs now, like where I start to think about music videos and I start to think about live shows. You mentioned cool and kindness. You're like, yo, you, you were like, this song's an ass beater. Like it's so like it translates live. That's how I'm thinking, bro. That intro uh, to that song with like the distorted drums. I'm like literally closing my eyes and I'm thinking about, all right, what is our live show going to look like? How's this going to feel as a fan? You know, where's the perfect segue? Like I'm starting to think how, like, you know what I mean? How these songs are going to translate live. And I think that's really elevated my songwriting a lot now that I'm starting to picture our songs past Spotify, right. And, and music videos, how it's going to perform live. You know what I mean? In other contexts, does that make sense? Yeah. So I think that's um, just, I guess, a pro tip for a lot of other musicians listening to this too. Like try approaching your songwriting, like pretend you're on stage playing it. You know what I mean? I mean, record it tightly. Sure. Do your thing. But like, is this something that's going to translate well live? Are you going to be able to play that riff in a live setting? And it'd still slap. Um, so I think that uh, Colin kindness is a great example of a song that's, I mean, yeah, it's still technical or whatever, but it was written specifically for like to just fuck live. You know what I mean? Just to go to translate really well. And we actually tested it at a few shows um, back in August. We played a couple uh, just like one offs um, right before it dropped. And uh, we played it to the crowd and everyone's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, just like it's it's um, I love songs that are uh, they're easily um what's the word I'm looking for? Like, you don't even need to know the song to vibe with it. You know what I mean? And Colin kindness is one of those songs you can just like hear for the first time live and still know what the fuck to do. You know, when that breakdown comes, but slower, you know, what's happening. Like, you know, those songs where you don't need to know the band, but you're like, Holy shit. Like you yeah. just know how to operate the pit. Like I wanted to create a song like that for saving vice. And that's what Colin kindness was. So I'm glad you recognize that. I know you mentioned the beginning of the call, but um yeah so yeah and, and you know what i loved about it too man and i'll get you out of here because i kept you 10 minutes over what i told you oh it's all good for your time but um i loved i love the uh the structure of it too where the melodies come in uh with tyler at the end like the the last mm -hmm. within the last minute of the song it's like heavy 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 and then he hits you with like the tyler stuff you know for last right. super sad yeah. yeah with what he does but um I love that, man. Um, so, yeah, I, I think you guys should be really proud of that. And, uh, yeah, you. I'm excited to hear Dysmorphia. I'm excited for a dichotomy. I saw the October 7th date, but I didn't know that that was just if that was just for like the the cool bundles that you guys are doing, which hopefully by this you guys have sold out a lot of the cool ones. But if if not, make sure you guys go to the links in the podcast. Description. Oh, yeah, we did a uh, 100 exclusively like a hundred exclusive side copies of dichotomy. Um, you know, physicals are kind of a thing of the past now, especially like CDs, but it's more of a collector's item at this point. Uh, we really debated whether or not we wanted to do them, but we said, you know what, screw it. Like this, this is a part of our family sort of thing. So um, I don't know if this is going to be the last CD in saving vice history. Cause I think the industry is moving over to NFTs here soon, which is a whole podcast interview in itself. But um yeah, we've already sold a shit ton, which I'm super excited about. So, and I love that shit, man. Like my boys are going to come over a week from now. We're going to be doing tour prep, signing CDs. You know what I mean? Yelling at each other. It's going to be a blast. You know, it's going to be amazing. 
You got, so. you got I mean, not not that you you have cameras around and, and phones out enough, man, but stuff like that, that behind the scenes stuff would some of that I'm sure people would eat up. Like even if you did like a live Oh, us strangling each other. Yeah, people love that stuff. Well, Robbie, <laughs> this is uh this has been a pleasure as always, man. It's always great to talk to you. Um it it, it always means a lot when when people want to come back on the show. I'm sorry that you guys have had um, the ups and downs you've had and that that you've had uh, the ups and downs even uh, uh, individually, because I know what it's like going through the heartbreak and the depression and, you know, being in your cave. Um, and even though I don't produce like, you know, my podcast is similar in the sense that it's it's a lot of it's a solo effort in front of a computer screen, man. So I relate to it from that aspect. But anytime you want to hit me up just about music or life or shooting the breeze, man, or, you know any fun riffs or that, that you're coming up with, like, I'm not going to scoop it and, you know, send it to the world, but, uh, I, you're a good dude, man. Um, even though we've not met in person, Thanks. I feel like you're a kindred soul and, and, um, I'm rooting for you guys. And, and I know you're going to be okay for what it's worth. Like I just, I've, I've been covering music a long time. I, I meandered a little bit in my twenties and I've gotten back into it and I really love this stuff. And, um, I, I'm not an A and R guy or anything like that. So I'm not trying to say like, oh, you know, I spotted, but blah, 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 blah. But you know, mm-hmm. something's good and you know, something's awesome when you hear it. And uh, I think that you guys have great chemistry as a band. Um, even though I've not seen the live shows in person and I can't wait to, I've, I've seen, yeah, we gotta change that mic. Um, I, I just think that you guys are really onto something, man. So the fact that you're, you have persevered what you persevered through individually and what you guys have persevered through as a band in the last couple of years is a really testament to what you're doing as an independent artist. So thank you, man, so much for, for taking the time to do this and coming back on. And uh, I will obviously put the links in the podcast description, but for people who aren't familiar, let them know where they can find you. Hell here studio saving vice. The floor is yours, man. Yeah. So uh, you can follow us at saving vice. Um, we're, at saving vice on everything i'm at saving robbie on everything so uh we like to keep it nice and simple um and uh yeah so i mean if you want to follow both and or that would be super helpful um and i say this on every podcast and i'll say it again here um if you want to support your favorite bands please 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 go buy merch um it's like the number one source of income for bands um and uh, it's probably the most helpful way you can help them out. So whether that's us or any other band, um, just please show them your love and your support any way you can. Buy merch, stream their music. Um, it goes a long way, and it's not unnoticed. So thank you. That was my conversation with Robbie Litchfield of Saving Vice and Hell Here Studios. Make sure you go follow Robbie on Instagram at Saving Robbie and at Hell Here Studios. Please go follow Saving Vice as well at Saving Vice. And to keep up to date with everything the band has going on for merch, tour dates, everything, go to savingvice.com. Right now, as we speak, they are on tour in support of their latest EP, Dichotomy. Like I mentioned at the jump, they will be in the state of Florida as you guys hear this this week with some shows coming up at the time this drops. So if you're in the Florida market, if you're in the southeast market, you want to take a little road trip, those guys have some Florida dates coming up in support of Dichotomy. So I hope the tour is going great for them. And I, I'm just so excited for these dudes. I love Dichotomy. Calling Kindness and I Dysmorphia are both killer tracks. 
and the merch is really sick. So again, go over to savingvice.com to get some sweet merch. They always do really cool merch drops. I still need to get me some of those. If they haven't sold out again, I got to get me some of those snake shorts that they have, man. I'm, I've been getting into more of the gym shorts lately, just in terms of exercising and like um, it, the, the stuff that I do have and I've collected over the years from different bands and like those shorts are so sick. So again, y'all, please go support these dudes. I love Dichotomy. I also love their Binary EP that came out. And to me, this is, uh, you know, kind of like binary. This is one where it's like they just give you two killer tracks, man. They give you two really awesome tracks. And I, I just, I love them both. Culling Kindness, when that one came out, I was like, wow, this is definitely a headbanging song. This is one where it's like, if you don't want to be in the pit, you need to get out the pit, you know, because kids, I'm sure, are going crazy. So uh, I can only imagine what it's like for them playing that live. But, uh, and I dysmorphia already over 33,000 streams on Spotify. I'm a Spotify user, so I'm sure it's killing it on the other uh, streaming services as well. But go run up the numbers on Dichotomy, you guys. It's great. And check out their other stuff as well. Again, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of these dudes. I love metalcore. Um, I love the combination of melody with hardcore lyrics. And these guys throw in like hip-hop elements. They throw in a lot of atmosphere. And like I, like I mentioned at the jump, they always uh, do some really cool Easter eggs for their they're diehard Saving Vice fans, you know, in the lyrics, Tyler throws in some stuff where it, it's calling back to, to other works. So I love these dudes. Again, SavingVice.com, at Saving Vice on Instagram. Robbie is at Saving Robbie and at Hell Here Studios. And Robbie, I just want to say thank you again personally to you, my guy, for coming back on the show. You are welcome back anytime. I always love talking to you, man. And it's it's cool when you meet people who are like kindred souls, you know what I'm saying, where they, they grew up in a completely different part of the country come from a, a different, you know, life background and whatnot, but, but you have these things in common. And when you talk to somebody, it's, it's like meeting a new old friend. And that's how I feel about Robbie. And I'm not just saying that cause he's kind enough to take the time to come on this podcast. And he's had some very kind words for me as an interviewer and, and for my show. And that's really motivated me to keep going. You know, I don't fish for compliments, but it's nice when you get them, you know what I mean? And, and Robbie is a no BS kind of guy, you know what I'm saying? Um, and that's what I love about people from the East Coast and the Northeast. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of similarities to the Midwest in terms of no BS, give it to me straight. You know what I'm saying? Give me my information right down the middle, right between the eyes. You know what I mean? And uh, and I appreciate that. And and this dude is just uh, he's he's somebody that creatively, from his guitar playing to his production work, uh, I, I'm just a big fan of the dude. And I think these guys have a really bright future. And when, when you listen to that conversation, the things that they've been through this year, for those of you who are fans of the band and follow them and, and have seen the, the, the ups and downs and the trials and tribulations they've had in 2022, um, when you look at the listeners, when you look at the streams and you listen to the music and what they put into the music and, 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 and the music that they make, like I can tell when I listen to these guys, they're making the music that they want to make. And to see it connect with people the way that it is, it's really, really awesome, and, and, and I'm just super excited for these dudes. They have a really bright future, so uh, it's, it's a real privilege to get a chance to get to know, you know more about these guys and, and, and be there as, as part of this journey with this, with this podcast and have the opportunity to get to know Robbie a little bit. Um, like I said, Tyler's been on the show. I haven't had a chance to chat with the other dudes in the band, but um, I'm sure they're great dudes as well. So I'm really excited for these guys, and I hope you go support them. So again, savingvice.com. If you're in Florida, go see them this week as they play shows in support of their latest EP, Dichotomy. Get you some merch. Go support the bands, man. Go support them. And on that note, I'm going to wrap it up. 
because my voice is getting a little gargly gargly and I don't want to gross you guys out but I just want to say thank you again to everybody who takes the time to listen to this show again if you're a newbie here and this is your first March 4th with Mike Bauman episode thank you so much for hopping aboard the pirate ship if you enjoyed it please take the time to like and subscribe tell a friend to tell a friend I have everybody from all ends of the musical spectrum on this show I'm trying to get nonprofits on this show you know, the backbone of this show is, is to to share stories of persevering and moving forward in the hopes that these conversations inspire all of you who listen to do the same in your lives. I'm doing the same in my life. I have my good days and my bad days, my ups and my downs, but I get up every morning and I, you know, cheesy as it may sound, I just try to leave people with a smile or a laugh and pursue the things that make me happy because I think when we pursue the things that make us happy and make us feel alive, we make the world a better place. So, you know, whether you're a musician whether you're a fellow headbanger like myself or Robbie and the dudes in Saving Vice and you love metalcore, uh, or, or you're somebody who just, you know, enjoys, you know, good conversation, thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Please tell a friend to tell a friend. Like and subscribe. Again, my link tree is in the podcast description. It has the links to everywhere you can listen to this podcast, from iHeart to Spotify to Apple to Google to Amazon. If you have an Alexa, you can tell Alexa to play March 4th with Mike Bauman, and she will. We are living in the matrix, so it's all there. And again, you can follow me on Instagram at March 4th Pod and on Twitter at Mike V. Bauman. And that's going to do it. I really hope that you guys have a great week. Keep the faith and be kind to one another. Courtesy of Robbie, off of their latest EP, Dichotomy, here is the song, I Dysmorphia. Peace. Sound. Ah! I don't need you, I'm